A's for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. What's up? Hey, hey. So, before we get started with the meat of the sandwich, a couple of quick things. One, I just want to thank all of our Patreon patrons. Super awesome. Thank you so much for all your support. It really helps. Uh, Jerry's currently working on that playlist we talked about last week, and we will be putting something together within the next week here. So you'll have that available to you on Patreon. We are also brought to you by Green Camel Press. Green Camel Press does comics, greeting cards, and all kinds of other stuff. It is the business that I run with my other business partner, and he does hand-drawn designs, illustrations. We have a series of Christmas cards. Everybody likes the holidays, right? Well, you know, um, but they like Christmas cards, greeting cards. They're fun. Oh, they love them. They're love great, them. Uh, beautiful hand-drawn design art. So we're going to be doing a uh, live launch party online on November 21st. That's next Wednesday. <laughs> How do you do that online? You, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll check send, it out. You'll send check me a it link. Out. I'll send you uh-huh. a link. Yeah, I'll have a nice hot cocoa. So you can go find Green Campbell Press on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you'll uh, be able to find all the information there. But that's a very good question. I'm glad you yeah. asked, Jerry. Yeah. So it's all out there. Um, And we wanted to talk today about tactics for for sobriety, tactics for staying sober, tactics for, you know, getting through life without having a drink. Um, And I also wanted to say that full disclosure, the inspiration for this conversation comes from a how did you describe it? A, a A book. A periodic. Oh, oh. It's called a book. It's got paper in the middle. <laughs> you read the black periodical parts. <laughs> um, affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous. But as always, we here at A is for Alcoholic. Um, we're not here to promote any one particular brand of sobriety or recovery. Whatever works for you works for you. And you know, if we can if we can help, we're happy to do that. We just so. found the book super helpful. Yeah. I mean, as far as like we both came to agreement after reading the book that, wow, there's some pretty interesting concepts here for early and continuing recovery. Yeah. So figured, hey, it's interesting. So we yeah. wanted to share some tactics with you. Um, before before we yeah, start, yeah. I just wanted to say that. Uh, did you know that Ice-T got into a big fight on Twitter with a bunch of people because he's never eaten a bagel in his life, <laughs> in his entire fucking life? I don't I just, believe it. No, it's for is real. It? Like he, yeah, he, there was like a, a episode of Law and Order and he was like eating a bagel. And then he's like, true fact, I've never eaten a bagel. And they were like, you just ate a bagel on Law and Order. And he's like, that's movie magic. <laughs> and then some dude's like, oh, what, you've never eaten a bagel? And he's like, fuck, no, I never ate no bagel. I'm real. And like he got into this big argument with everybody about not eating a bagel. And I felt like we really needed to talk. I needed to, you know, address that on the podcast. Is that? Ice tea is just like, hey, yo, fuck you. I've never had a bagel. What what, what makes is, are bagels not real? You can't. I don't know. Real and, and enjoy a nice everything bagel. Not a lot of bagels in South Central. <laughs> South Central <clears throat> bagels. Wow. Nightmare walking. I don't know. I just thought that was awesome. I've I've eaten a bagel. I love it. Drinking I love apple them. juice. Where does the line a- go? 
Late night chilling at AM PM. Drinking oh, apple cool juice. Oh, cool drinking apple juice. Cool and drinking apple PM, juice. Dude. Yeah, they don't have bagels at AM PM. At least they didn't back then. Not now, in 2018 probably, but in like 1989 when that song came out. No, it was 87. Didn't know bagel. Bagel wasn't a normal thing. No. That was, no, that was some high-end shit. Mm, I used to get those weird little cheeseburgers from AM PM. So did I. <laughs> so. I did. I loved them. <laughs> That, I did not eat those sober. So you know, yeah. One of the things when we were when I was younger, what I'd do is this is terrible, but I'd unwrap one and I'd uh-huh. mash it into the one like two burgers into one wrapper and just pay. For, <laughs> I was broke. I was poor. I was uh, young, so I'd pay the eighty nine cents and get the two burgers for the price of one. <laughs> That's some anarchist cookbook <laughs> shit, dude. You were like gaming the fucking system right there, dude. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I can't remember who taught me or how <laughs> I learned a, it. <laughs> sounds like a trick out of the old Coda playbook right there, man. My old roommate Coda, he would do shit like that all the time, mm, dude. He's like Wagner, hide a candy bar in that, hide a Snickers bar in that big gulp. Yeah. Get a free Snickers bar. I'm like, <laughs> we are not genius. condoning theft of any kind here. Oh yeah, guys. no, don't don't steal candy Please, bars and AM PM burgers. Oh no, yeah. AM PM is a fine establishment. And yeah. they, they have serviced many people for many years. They got, and I am, they got the that good gas. They got the best gas. And the best you, camels. <laughs> it sounds to me like I need to uh, go make amends to the AMPM, the nice people at AMPM now. <laughs> Just bring the guy like five hamburgers. I don't know. I don't know. Be like, I'll, here, I got to make up for what I stole. Uh-huh. If the CEO of AMPM is out there, well, I apologize. Maybe I'll have to find you on Twitter. Yeah, we're going to hit you up with them Wendy's. <laughs> so... Tactics so that, for staying yeah, sober. That's how I wanted to start it. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, one of the ones. Uh, did you want to start, Jerry? Did you have no? A good no, one? you go okay. first. Let's you lubricate it, and then I'll, okay. I'll I'll run it home. So one of the ones that I I like is um, the watching out for anger and resentment, and yeah. this is this harkens back to our halt episode of, you know, if you were angry or you have a resentment towards someone. I was talking to a gentleman on Sunday morning, and he was telling me this story um, about how he he was talking to another gentleman who was really upset at a fourth dude because this guy had broken his phone charger. And, Mm. he you know, this this guy was livid, and he was getting angry, and, um, you know, he was talking about how frustrating it was and how he was going to say something, and he was going to – and he just – he had this huge – resentment toward this guy because he had broken his phone charger and it's like how could you do that i told you not to touch it why did you touch it don't touch my phone charger and now you broke it um and the gentleman i was talking to said don't engage and i really like this idea he said don't engage and i was like what do you mean he said you don't every time if you're angry or you're resentful towards somebody don't react on it don't go and say you fucked up my phone charger and as it turned out later on, um, the guy had actually found out that he had like dropped his phone in a puddle or something. And it turns out that the phone charger was fine and that he had ruined his phone and that it had nothing to do with the other guy. And, you know, hey, if you don't put if you don't leave your phone charger out in the common area, then nobody can use it. So, right. you know, one of those things is don't engage people when you're angry and also um that the idea of like what is your part in this because you we always we always play a part in it so yeah. i mean some resentments some anger is certainly justifiable but 
the best way that I know how is to look at how I, um, how I was involved, how, what role did I play? Um, and I want to give you another example of this. And this is so, this is so stupid and so silly and so, so indicative of how my alcoholic brain works. There was a person on Instagram and they said, Hey, can you, I'm starting to get this page up and it was all about, you know, sobriety and it was a real positive thing. And Hey, could you mention me in like one of your, you know, posts or stories or something like that? It would really help. And I said, yeah, sure, man, no problem. And I did it and he was very appreciative or she, I don't know. And, um, it was really great. And then later on, I asked that person, Hey, can you add this? Can you mention this? Would you be willing to do this? And the, the attitude I got back was like, yeah, eventually. And that was all they said. And then I never saw it again. And yeah. I never, and they didn't follow through with the thing that, that they said they were going to do for me. Now, remember, this is all about Instagram stories that are 15 second clips that last for right. 24 hours. Right. So in, in, lest we get too worked up about what this is, but I was very mm-hmm. worked up and I went to bed upset that this person, that I had done something for this person and this person couldn't do the, couldn't return the favor. I was like, how dare you not return my favor? And I was angry right. mm-hmm. and I woke up in the morning and I was still, it was still really bugging me. So I sat down and I got my journal out that I usually write in, in the mornings and I wrote it out and I said, who, who was this person who angered me? Um, what had they done, what had it affected and what was my part? And I dissected the whole thing in about (laughs) two and a half pages. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I swear to you, magically, I was like, oh, my success is not contingent upon this person. My happiness is not contingent upon this. This is so minimal and so silly and so non, not important that I, you know, the whole time I'm, I spent like 18 hours angry. Yeah. About somebody whose name I don't even know, whose face I've never seen. <laughs> right. Who has some weird Instagram <laughs> name where it's like sober power ranger or some shit. Ooh, I got to get that one. Yeah. Uh, you know what it is? It's the principle. It's always the principle, right? Mm-hmm. It's always the principle, the thing that fucks us over. That fucks everybody over, but drunks especially. The pr- it's the fucking principle. And it's like, no, it's not. That it's just an excuse to be fucking righteously indignant about something. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's the 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 principle is not a real thing. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a concept that you made up to feel righteously angry, and then therefore you can, you know, feel superior or whatever it is that 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 you need in that moment. And it's just so counterproductive. I yeah. heard something in a meeting this woman said one time, and it was one of these random ones where I popped in, I was in some town that I'm not usually in. And, and she said, well, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? right. And that's something that yeah. I think about whenever I have an argument or a frustration or mm-hmm. a resentment. And that's a good one. The answer I like that. The answer is always, I, I really just would rather be happy. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that one leads into one I found interesting, which was the uh, in the book they call it the if the the getting out of the if trap, right? And mm-hmm. I I won't necessarily read verbatim by the book, but it's the idea of um, the way the alcoholic mind works is that it's always justified by all these series of ifs, right? Like I wouldn't drink so much if my wife weren't being a dick, or if I wouldn't drink so I much if money. my job. 
if I had more money, I wouldn't drink so much if my job didn't suck so much and how even when we go into sobriety, it's totally rad and everything should be going well if nothing goes wrong, right? <laughs> so it's this idea like you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing great and uh, I should be doing great if everything goes my way, you know? And so it's it's it's, it's like a pitfall you have to avoid. It's this, this – um, what's the word I'm looking for? Condition. It's like a conditional kind of, of recovery of sobriety. Like everything will go fine if everything goes my way. And uh, I think that really plays into the principle and resentments, mm-hmm. you know, if if these horrible things don't happen, if these unthinkably tragic things don't happen, then I should be perfectly fine, you know, instead of realizing that even if these tragic fucking things happen if you don't drink you'll be perfectly fine yeah I <laughs> eventually mean... <laughs> i mean there, there will be trauma that will be suffered i mean i'm talking about you know oh damn see i got Tri- so excited Tri- pop the mic but like you know like trivialities. yeah trivialities though it's like if this day d- doesn't go my way you know and it's 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 silly because I, I me personally i don't think like oh i'm doing great and if i'm having a bad day well then i'm gonna get drunk you know, like it doesn't work that way for me. I know it probably doesn't work that way for a lot of people. There's a lot of justifications going on in there. It's not as simple as like my wife left me, so I'm just going to get drunk, mm-hmm. you know, to show everybody or whatever. I think I'll show you. I'll show you. <laughs> I'm going to fuck my own shit up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Do you see what you've done to me mm-hmm. while you're breaking all your own shit? Mm-hmm. You know, like. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I, I know that in, in recovery and you come to at least I came to this idea that, you know, the universe will provide everything that you need. But sometimes mm-hmm. the world is not really built for everything that you want. You know what right. I mean? Damn, so, dude. Yeah, it's, that's a little golden droplet right there. <laughs> so I, I think about that a lot because when things don't go my way, I one of the ways that I try to look at it, too, is okay, well, why am I here? What am I supposed to learn? So if everything is something that I'm supposed to learn, then I, I can't be angry because I have to be, I have to pay attention and be inquisitive, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying that I do that every single day and all the time. I'm not that, I'm not enlightened to the point of, you know, not being angry or frustrated with things. Oh, yeah. You know? I don't know if, anybody who is. I don't think I've met a person yet in my no. life who doesn't. Yeah. Especially in the recovery scene, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I used to if all the time, man, everything I and it was always that sort of everything out there was uh, was the problem. It was always it was always somebody else that was doing something that if they just wouldn't if it just wasn't, you know, the uh, the syndrome of a. A perfect man in an imperfect world. Perfect world, man. That's a quote my dad used, and I it just has stuck with me forever. Mm-hmm. I see it in my life. I have people close to me who I know who just everything, they're the fucking eye of the storm, and everything around them is fucked. It has nothing to do with their perception of it or the way they react to it, you know? It's something that I dislike in people but it's also mirrors itself because i can be very similar and have Mm -hmm. really walked down that same path for years and years and still do sometimes you know like it it's their problem not mine i'm the one doing great here Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i would even get i get i get into moods where um and i've had these thoughts where it's like god damn it why do I have to be the better person all the time? This really sucks. Well, like, you know what I mean? It's like the, it's oh, like yeah. the quote, yeah. 
it's like the quote from from Office Space. It's like, why am I the one who has to change my name? He's the one who sucks. You yeah. know what I mean? The oh, Michael yeah, Bolton yeah. character. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so celebrate I get... the man's whole catalog, man. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Didn't have any problems until that no talent ass clown started winning Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh so that that idea I get and I th- and again when I get to that point, I have to realize that, oh, I'm usually, you know, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, right? Something has right. weathered down my defenses to the point where right. I'm just like, mm-hmm. man, I'm fucking tired of being a good recovered alcoholic. You know what? Fuck this. I want to be, Fuck if this, I can't yeah. drink, I'm going to be angry. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I've totally been there. I've I've totally been in that mind frame. I've by verbatim said, why am I the only one who has to do all the changing? I've said it sober and I've said it shit faced. I've done it both. Like mm-hmm. during drinking, I would get into it with my wife and be like, why do I got to be the one who's doing all the fucking adjusting here? And then after being sober, even a couple of years, I'd be like, oh, right. So I do all the changing. Everybody else gets to do whatever they want to do, you know, and. And then I realized that was just stupid because everybody's going to do what they want to do regardless. There's no fucking ribbon for me. I mean, I'll, I'll get a little chip every once in a while, you know, but there's yeah. no like ribbon that says like you changed the ribbon of you changing is that your life is a lot easier. <laughs> you know, this, uh, yeah. Having to navigate it becomes a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next one that I wanted to talk about was, and this one is going to, everybody knows this one, or maybe everybody doesn't. But So let's go from that point, is is let's they talk a lot about one day at a time, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, one yeah. of the things that's so daunting about recovery is that it's forever, you know? Yeah. That sort of, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're never going to drink again for the rest of your life. You know, even if, if you kept drinking, your life would only be, <laughs> you know, very, very short. Right. Uh, but I'm reading this book now, and this is this is a great book that I can most wholeheartedly um, suggest. It's called, it's by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. I'm not, he's a very big, like, spiritual guru kind of dude, and I don't know a lot about him. And I found this book, I originally saw it on my girlfriend's bookshelf, and didn't really mm-hmm. think anything of it. And I was in a thrift store, and I saw it, and I was like, huh. And I was, you know, stacking up some fifty-cent books, and I grabbed it, and I started going through it. And I haven't, I haven't opened a book and highlighted so many passages in the first, you know, couple of chapters in in a while. <clears throat> but um, so that idea of living in the moment and living in right now—that there, you know, there is no past and there is no future—and it's true. We're right here. I'm sitting here. I'm with you, Jerry. There's nothing mm-hmm. else going on. Everything that I did today, it's gone. It's done. Yeah. And everything that I'm going to do tomorrow, this shit ain't, it ain't here. It doesn't exist. It and hasn't happened yet. So yeah. when you break it down into these small little parts, it makes it a lot easier to digest the idea right. of I'm not going to have a drink right now. You know, it makes those the idea, the feelings of cravings when they come on in, in a big wave, even if it's yeah. fucking ice cream which was my second vice, my big <laughs> vice. You know, it's like, okay, whew, let's just breathe through it one breath at a time and sort of kind of take those short little chunks and break right. it down as small as you fucking need it. And then just do that. And then do that. Because it's really, really hard for some people. And it was, I was, I feel fortunate when I look back and, you know, realize that 
it was very hard for me, but it's it's really, really hard for some people to stay sober for one day. And yeah. I'm grateful that I don't have to be that one. But for those people who go through that, like that's the best thing you can do is just chop it up, you know? I mean, I don't know how you you do your morning rituals and say just for today or however. Um, yeah. But just an internal <clears throat> thing. They, you know how they say that a journey of a thousand miles begins with, you know, that old cliche mm-hmm. begins with one step. It's the same thing. It's like every person who's in recovery, they started with that one sober hour that first mm-hmm. sober hour and then you just collect 24 of those and now you got a sober day and then it's like yeah i love the idea i love the 24 hour cycle you know there's no fucking pressure dude i just don't drink you know what if i want to drink tomorrow fuck it i'll get fucked up tomorrow as long as i go to bed tonight sober and then when i wake up tomorrow i'm like you know what mm. maybe i'll get fucked <clears throat> up tomorrow and i did that a lot in the beginning <laughs> i was like i'm gonna i'll go to the liquor store and go get a fifth tomorrow and then i'd wake up the next day and i would say the same mount mantra i'll go get a i'll go get a fifth tomorrow yeah and then eventually i was like ah maybe tomorrow mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and eventually I just stopped using the mantra because I'm like, okay, I've gotten through these like early steps. It's like that long, it's that journey where the, the, it's weird. So recovery has always to me been not a journey with a destination, but an actual just journey to journey. You know, you're just, you're there for the, appreciate the trip, you know, because Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, what's the destination? Like to be sober? Well, that's the whole journey is being sober. Yeah. Yeah, I'm blowing my own mind right now, dude. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all a journey, and so each each yeah. yeah, like you said, there's different legs of your journey. You you know you Absolutely. you've got base camp mm-hmm. at the base of the mountain, and then you get up one right. side of it, and you hit the peak, and then you're on the way back down. And mm-hmm. so it's not about um, if you just wanted to be on the other side of the mountain, you could go around it. Right. But, but you want to see what's at the top of the mo- or even just like what's along the way to the top mm-hmm. and then get the view and then get the view while you walk down it. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's that. I think that that's that's probably the biggest thing that anybody can use in those moments of, you know, when you're shaking and you're you yeah. know freaking out and it's all you're thinking about and it's all you've been thinking about for like sometimes five, 10, 20 years and then you're going to just quit. Like, well, maybe just today. Just right now. Yeah. Just today. Just this hour. I've said it m- many times in this podcast, but just just 10 seconds and then 10 more. And then, and then 10, maybe more. 10 more. And then yeah. 10 more. And then eventually you won't even be thinking about the seconds. You'll just be like, yeah, I'm just grooving. I'm living life. I'm mm-hmm. doing great, man. I'm just, you know, I'm, I keep on trucking. I'm just <laughs> high-fiving everybody and not eating ice cream, not fucking drinking rumple mints. Yes. Doing good. No you know what I'm saying? No not, ice cream. not crashing my car on purpose. Not or on accident. Not yelling or at just, people I love. Woo! Yeah, I don't have to go and buy spackle to fix the holes in my walls. That's pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, trying to get an estimate for a window. <laughs> anyway, yeah. What's next, at, Jerry? What do you got? Uh, I like the uh, 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 remembering your last drunk, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. And it's that whole concept of playing the tape back. But they do this cool thing with the word drunk in here where they say, you know, and I, it's it's not remembering your last drink, but your last drunk. Because your last drink, you know, you think of your drink like you drink to like, nourish your body to not die of dehydration you drink for enjoyment because things feel good you have that one beer you can think of it you know that last vodka or the the burn of it and everything those things that you associate with that's your last drink but then you take that word and turn it into last drunk and it's like 
oh god i remember i remember what happens and what course i go down and what a person like me does you know what i mean mm-hmm. um it's really funny I, I i was tattooing this young lady or young man his parents i had tattooed them and i was talking to them and they were in town for a ducks game and they were like kind of well-to-do people you could tell that they were they were a little older than me they were like in their 50s and they had some money and uh they were talking to me about recovery because I had just mentioned that I was a recovering alcoholic. I actually said I'm a drunk, but I don't drink. And then they started asking me about that. And uh, they were like, the dad was like, so what? Like, you can't even have a sip of wine? Like, if you have a sip of wine, or like something bad going to happen? And I was like, nah, man, it's not even that. I'm moderating because I know what a person like me is capable of. You know, I know what path that leads me down. It's never one. Like you can have a glass of wine and go to bed, maybe sit in a hot tub in your nice house or whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that for me. I've played the tape back. I remember my greatest hits. Like I remember (laughs) all the songs, the cover songs, the originals. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is remembering your last drunk is a great tactic for when you think that this thing that you've been using to alleviate your problems, you think you can use it to alleviate your problems again and then realize that it's the cause of all them motherfuckers. You know, it's the cause of all them fucking problems. Yeah. You said this to me early on too in – to paraphrase what you just said, but your your quote was tattoo your last bender onto your brain. You said to yeah, me. Yeah. And I was Which like, Which is huh. funny because I don't really play a lot with tattoo <laughs> metaphors because I'm like not like that. But anyway, go ahead. But it was just that was the thing. And I remember I remember it was at night and we were talking and I don't remember what I asked you other than like, man, what do I do? How do I do this? Because yeah. You know, you were very new, even at a year, and so I didn't know what I was doing, and you just said, tattoo your last bender on your brain and don't forget it. Yeah. And I, you know, and when you hear that at first, it's like, gosh, now I just need to feel bad because I got to remember how badly I, (laughs) you know, like, so, so I, I think that. For me now, I don't I don't look at it and go, oh God, man, that was I'm such a shitty person. My last bender was horrible, and what did I say, and who did I hurt, and you know how much did I, you know, waste and all that. But it's like okay, so I, like you said, I remember what I'm capable of, and yeah. I heard this. There's a great if anybody out there listens to other uh, recovery podcasts real quick, um, Rich Roll does a um, interview with this guy named Chris Davis. And I can't find any info on this guy. He was just some friend of Rich's, but he's a recovering alcoholic. And he says, you know, when people talk to him, like say, hey, you you can't even have one sip of wine. Uh, That's pretty dramatic. He says, you want to see dramatic, take me out drinking, (laughs) you know? Right, exactly. (laughs) That's a great line, dude. You want to see dramatic. Take me out drinking. uh, the idea, but I mean, that's more of that non-alcoholic way of thinking that, well, it's just a sip. What does a sip do? And I'm like, it starts a war. Mm-hmm. It's a motherfucking war. Yeah. And Franz oh, man, Ferdinand right there. Boom. Yeah, dude. Seriously, it's Franz Ferdinand just steps out and shoots the Duke in the face <laughs> and then bam, you got a war. It's that mm-hmm. one sip, you know, it really is. Oh, it's harmless. It's one sip, but that's like, you know, that's one match in a room full of gas, you know. Here's the way I think about my last drunk. I remember living in this apartment. I love these analogies, these little stories, mm-hmm. but I like doing them. I was try. I had never had a dishwasher before. I No, you know what? I never had a dishwasher. I lived in this apartment. I ran out of dishwashing soap, like detergent. So I poured Dawn into the cup holder, the dish soap holder, 
and I fucked my kitchen up. Man, I filled the whole kitchen with soap all the way out in the living room. My old roommate, Koda, was like, what have you done? He was super furious with me. The carpet was so fucked. Everything was fucked. And I never put fucking joy in the dishwasher again. <laughs> like, never again. I, like, I learned a fucking lesson. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, was like my big analogy for my last drunk. Like, I was like, you're just pouring fucking dish soap all in your shit again. Like you got to learn from those things. That's your life lesson. You know, you touch a fucking stove, it's hot. You don't touch the stove again. You don't yeah. get the carpet all fucked up. Right. The know, pain you... The pain is a tool to remember. You know, that's why Absolutely. you don't touch the that's stove. That's why it's, it's there. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So. So tattoo it on your brain, people. <laughs> yes. It's not all good times. It seems like, oh, we're going to go down the river and drink some Coors Lights and maybe do some mudding. No, it's not going to be like that for you. You know it. You know it. Mm-hmm. You already know it, podcast <laughs> listener, urban, uh, rural podcast listener. Yeah, mudding. Mudden. Um, I wanted to talk, and I think maybe we both uh, like this one, but it was the idea of um, being being wary of where you go right oh yeah i think we both had the same page this was, post noted mm-hmm. exactly yeah so mm-hmm. uh, so i thought we'd talk about i like this one a lot but it's about not just wandering into a bar if you're trying to stay sober don't go into bar or you know don't go in there unless you have some business in there right so right. um i don't know I'll, I'll give you any i'll give you my example is last saturday night i spent like three hours in a bar and, um, and, and I'm, I'm an ex bartender, but my girlfriend was performing. She was singing. It was awesome. The band was great. We had a blast. We danced, I uh, drank a bunch of water, um, you know, and it was <laughs> everybody around me was having a good time. And I mean, I was yeah. too, and I wasn't, I wasn't concerned about, you know, and there was all those now, granted, I have a few years under my belt of sobriety, um, as a bartender, I learned to brace myself to be around booze. Um, but if there's a point and a purpose, then you should be able to, uh, you know, go freely. But if there's not, then you don't need to be wandering around in places and sitting in places. And like, I would never go to a bar. And I told the story before, but the one time that I did in very early recovery, I sat down at a bar and somebody slid that drink in front of me and I took a little straw taste and it was like just you know, a reaction, like a literally, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it was a muscle memory thing. So yeah. I don't know when the last time, when's the last time you were in a bar or somewhere? I mean, you have no business to go there, right? Not really. I can't remember. I mean, I've been to live shows that had a bar in the mm-hmm. venue, but just to a bar bar. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I took my kid to go get pizza the other day, sizzle pie, and the whole half of sizzle pie is a bar. And I used to get fucked up at that bar, but there's no reason for me to be there. It's not like I, I, I like what it says in the book. It's like you got to kill some time. So it's not like you go and sit at the bar and drink a bunch of Diet Cokes yeah. to kill some time. You know, like, I mean, you shouldn't. You know, why? Why tempt yourself with it anyway? Even if the and temptation's a big thing too, right? Like mm-hmm. people always bring that up to me too. Non drinkers or non alcoholics are like, well, oh, this must be so much temptation. And I'm like, it's not really that. It's not like if you wave a bottle in front of me, I'm going to start, you know, sweating and gibbering or anything. It's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like I'm going to have this visceral reaction to you watching you drink a fucking one of those liquor fucking ciders or whatever. Liquor ciders? Whatever. Anyway. Mike's hard lemonade. 
No, have you seen oh. this? It's like LaCroix with booze in it. It's no. so stupid. Well, it's not stupid. I mean, whatever. Do what you got to do. But I'm like, what? You're going to fuck up soda water for me now, too? You guys now got to <laughs> smell every fucking soda water I pick up? Thanks a lot, dicks. Like, what? It's not enough to have sodas with booze in it? Anyway, I don't remember the point because I'm so mad about this fucking sparkling we were, water. With we were just malt talking about temptation. Right. So... I love the whole fucking cliche they have in the rooms of like, you, you know, you hang out at a barbershop, eventually you get a fucking haircut, you know? I mean, we are creatures <laughs> left to our own devices. What are we going to do? I mean, we, you know, yeah. this is what, this is what we do. I have, I've said it my entire life. I'm like, drunks are going to drink. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. And we can have all the tools in place to deal with it, but you have to be really diligent about it in certain points in your life mm-hmm. so, because it's what we do, man, mm-hmm. you know, but what do you do instead? Where do you go I instead? I mean, I, I I mean I don't go anywhere yeah. anymore. I, I I play Red Dead Redemption and cry sometimes. Well, that was it's a no really. It made game. me cry today. It's did a beautiful it? game. It like broke my fucking heart. Yeah, did but you, anyway, you didn't, did you ever get that that buffalo out of the water? No, fuck that buffalo, dude. Uh-uh. I had Our to restart the know. game. <laughs> I had to restart the game. I just so I'm gonna go get them tonight after the podcast. Right. But you know, even if I go to bars now, dude, I'm like. I don't know. I get club sodas or I'll get mm-hmm. like diet Cokes and I just like people watch, but I'm never there to kill time. I'm only there if someone else is like, yo, let's get a burger. This bar down the block has a really good burger or let's go see a show. But right. just like I, you know, and like some of my kids friends, they like to drink. So they're like, we should go out for cocktails. And I'd probably go out with them to a bar to, you know, to just to socialize and be social. But I'm also like, it's going to have, we're going to have some very interesting conversations because they're going to be like, why don't you drink? And I'm going to be like, because I'm a dumpster fire mm-hmm. when I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah. You want to see bu- dramatic. Not to bum you out, but. Yeah, not to bum you out. You know, I'm not Wolfman salivating your shit, though. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I, don't, I really don't want that daiquiri. But. <laughs> I found a place, too. There was this little, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, depending on where you live and what city you're in, what town you're in. If you're in a big city like San Francisco um, or Seattle or LA, you know, there are going to be plenty of places where you can get a cup of coffee and a cup of tea. There's all kinds of cool ass, you know, cafes to go to. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. There's one. I live in a very small town and um, I just found this new place that does like beer and wine and food, but they're they're known kind of like for their espresso and, and tea as well. And so I was like and it was really nice and it was clean and it smelled good. And I was like, oh, yeah. hey. And I went and I, I talked to the owner. I was like, I could I could come hang out here. This would be great. And whatever, mm-hmm. man. There's some beer and wine on on tap. I don't need to sit at the bar. I can go sit at one of the little tables. I can bring right. a book. I can bring a laptop. Do my work. Whatever it is. Um, right. Another thing that you that you got me on, and originally I purchased this because I had hurt my foot, but um, I got a PlayStation. And not that I want to uh, encourage, you know, excessive video game, you know, playing. But whatever. If if you've got it's hours fun. to kill in the day. It's fun, right? And yeah, it's super fun. God, I got PlayStation got my ass sober, dude. Seriously, I tell people all the time. So, what was the game that got you sober? Far, it was Far Cry Three and Last of Us got me sober, dude. And and Grand Theft Auto Five. Like, instead of going to bars, I was just like, man, I gotta get fucking, I gotta get Franklin to steal that car tonight, mm-hmm. or yo, I gotta clear this section of the island, or even Last of Us. I gotta watch that game. Made me cry too. Fuck. Um, this is the year 2018. Do you ever cry to Super Mario Brothers? No. No. <laughs> I don't Street think so. Fighter? The Street Fighter done got me fucked up? I no. I cried after trying to get that Rainbow Road, and I couldn't get Dude, it. Dude, yeah. 
Um, but I mean, there are other things you can do. Yeah, I love the eye concept of going to a coffee shop or a tea mm-hmm. shop. I just don't really do a lot of social stuff anymore. I probably should, but I have my little bubble here with my wife and my little daughter and our horrible little dog. You know, we got a good <laughs> thing going on here. So, yeah, you know, and I I think too that those give it time and the things that like hobbies and things that you love and creative things and that stuff will come back to you. Uh, I should yeah. say I should say it came back to me. It will. It, was, it absolutely will. Yeah. It was um, it was something that I didn't know that I'd be able to do again, and and I certainly have been able to not only fill my time, but I am busy with all kinds of things that I that I enjoy doing now. Yeah, yeah. So I think that make sure that you have business where you're going. You know, if you boom, that's it. Yeah, that's it. If you have no business in a bar, I mean, I was in that same bar because I was dropping off some stuff um they do like a vinyl night and i had all this all these records and i was like i don't need these anymore man and i just went in there i had a club soda bartenders know me they know i don't drink and i was just like hey cool thanks man and you know here's another thing too because i know as a bartender you don't want to take up space at a bar or you don't want to feel like a like a pariah or somebody who's just sitting there taking up space drinking water and that's not cool and as a somebody who was a mm -hmm. bartender I don't need that shit either. I'm trying to make a living over here, right? And if you're if you're teetotaling, maybe, you know, go teetot elsewhere, oh, right? Over at a booth. Yeah, because that's <laughs> over money. Over a booth, you, right? There's money but, in that stool. You're not spending it. Right? So what I've yeah. learned is I just I rent the stool if I'm going to be somewhere, and I go and I get I get my club soda, and it's like $2.50 or $3. And I say... You know, I just I straight up with the bartender say, hey, I'm not drinking tonight again. Not tonight. You just say, nope. And I give them the change. So if I give them seventeen dollars and change, they're totally stoked. They don't have to talk to me. I don't bother them. They got 17 bucks in their pocket and they'll refill my sodas all night. Wow. You're super nice. I don't do that. (laughs) Well, (laughs) oh, you know what? I was at a bar. Uh, uh-huh. Like maybe three weeks ago, but it was like one of these upscale, fancy Eugene wine bars for a pumpkin carving contest for mm. the kids. It was like a bistro, right. a wine bistro. Right, you remind me of that. So I went and bought a Diet Coke from the lady, from the bartender. I saddled up at the bar. I was like, I was like so familiar getting in that bar stool and getting my arms up on the stupid bar. And I was just like... Wow, like I totally have not been in this position in a very long time, like in this physical actual position. Mm -hmm. And the girl sold me a drink. She sold me a Coke, a Diet Coke, and charged me like two fifty for the Diet Coke. And so I tipped her a buck and I paid the two fifty for a Diet Coke. And I walked away. And part of my brain was like, "She just charged you for a Diet Coke. You've never been charged in the past at a bar for a Diet Coke." Hmm. And then about five seconds later, realized that I've never been charged in the past for a Diet Coke because every time I was drinking a Diet Coke is because I was too drunk to drink normal booze and they were just trying to sober my ass up to get me the fuck out of there. <laughs> they were like, here's a Diet Coke, Rummy, shut the fuck mm-hmm. up. You know, like you're being a pain in the ass. And that's why I was like, you take my money. And they're like, no, just drink the thing and get out of here, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that that's... was the last time I was in a bar. And we carved a pumpkin, me nice. and my kid and my wife. Yeah. What would you do just to like uh, how how are how are your pumpkins? Oh, it's just one pumpkin. Oh, okay. she, I did most of the carving because she's got tiny hands, so <laughs> she can't work those pumpkin knives. 
I gotta do. It. I have to manage the whole thing. She kind of drew it on the crayon. It's still sitting on my front porch. I should probably throw it away. It's probably. turning into pumpkin pie. Yeah. Mm. But it was like in a bistro, so it wasn't even like a real bar. It was not a place you go to with cigarette burns in the in the bar stools, and it smells like barf all around the bar. And mm. there's fruit flies hovering above the sinks. Remember that mm. old doozy? Yes. And you'd get a drink with a couple of fruit flies in it. Well, there's some yeah. protein, you know, like. Yeah, no, this was not a place like that. This was also upscale. I've been around a lot of upscale people lately. I don't know how to process that. Yeah, I think I'm not doing all right. You're not an upscale guy. You got a button I'm up not, shirt. I got a couple of button up shirts. I even have suspenders, but I am not an uptown girl. <laughs> I'm not. Mm-mm. I'm Billy Joel in that video. I'm not Christy Brinkley. Guy. Yeah. I'm a downtown guy, dude. Yeah. Um what else, Jerry? What are some other good tactics? Another one I think is I like um, hmm. when you're in a bar or something like that, or you're at a function. Like, no thanks, I've had enough. Because that's a no that's thanks, a, I've had enough. That's a good is thing you favorites. can say. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's always been one because everybody understands that. Even if they're even if they're hammered that night or not drunk, no thanks, I've had enough. Even if you've been sober for three or four or five years, exit <laughs> strategy strategies are always good. Mm-hmm. Give yourself, you know. You, Get, you know, give yourself a certain time and let yourself know you're going to turn into a pumpkin if you don't leave by that period of time. And you know what I mean? Like, don't feel bad. You know, you find that witching hour, especially because I go to work parties sometimes and they like to party. That gives them a reason to all get drunk, at, you know. And so I'll leave early. I always leave a little earlier than and I'm always like, oh, yeah, my kid's on fire or something. <laughs> the last one was during the school night, though. So I had a good excuse because there's no yeah. reason for me to be there once everybody's fucked up. What am I going to gain from it? A, I'm single. I'm not single. I'm married. So it's not like some beautiful drunken woman's going to be like, let me make your dreams Hello. come true. <laughs> exactly. But no. even that, even that is an oh. impossibility. That shit is not real. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's no reason for me to be there. None of that. I mean, the the, the cupcakes don't get any better after midnight. No. And everybody's shit faced. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all the same. So exit strategies are good excuses so, yeah you find a way out you know like know know your way out you know mm-hmm. so there's some good tactics there for everybody um if you want please share yours with us we'd love to hear yeah, any cool yeah, stuff we'll, that you we'll talk use about in sobriety yeah. to keep yourself sober on the daily even the little things that you know mm-hmm. that nobody that you don't share with anybody or you know that you don't it's not common knowledge i mean everybody has little things that they do. And so, um, yeah, well, I'd love to hear them. I, I would love a, any new fresh, yeah. fresh take new hot take, new hot take on sobriety. Yeah. Please share yeah. with us. Um, and I just wanted to end with, <sighs> we're trying to test out, we were going to test out a, a, what did you say you wanted to do like a saying or, a, um, we needed a catchphrase like, I, I feel like we need or... a catchphrase at the end of our podcast. Cause every podcast I listen to has a cool catchphrase. Not every, yeah, almost every single one has a catchphrase, mm-hmm. right? But I listen to a lot of true crime ones. So it's like stay sexy. Don't get murdered is one of them. Those are the, my favorite murder, which is an awesome podcast okay. or like last podcast on the left is another great true crime podcast, but they're always like hail yourselves. Magustalations. They always say these things at the end that the listeners kind of get around, and I I can't think of one. What did we say? I had one. I can't remember what it was. Now. Um, don't let your disease or don't let your disease define you. That's your disease, your one. de your disease doesn't define you. That's what it was. Your disease doesn't define you. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of it. Yo, get your shit together. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to A is for Alcoholic. Our music is by Neglect. You can find more of his music at neglectsound.bandcamp.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And contact us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com.